have a, a two, two portions of, of scripture that I would like to read. One is found in Lamentations 3, 4. Lamentations 3, uh, verse 40. And it says, uh, let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. I'll read that again. Let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. If you're a Spanish speaker and you need translation, there are earbuds back there you could get and uh, somebody is uh, translating. The other verse is in 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5 reads like this. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Again, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. This is something that uh, I believe we, we need to be doing every single day of our lives. E examining ourselves and better yet, asking the Lord to examine our hearts and to reveal to us those things that are not pleasing to him. And folks, you know, we're living in, in, in times that we can't be fooling around. We cannot be playing church. We cannot be uh, saying, uh, I'm, a, I'm a believer and, and, and doubt God. Somebody asked a question, uh, Frank Turek, he's an apologist, and uh, somebody asked the question, could, could we be a Christian and, and uh, not agree with Jesus? <laughs> I mean, how could you be a Christian and not believe with with the Lord Jesus. And that's what his answer was. No, you're not a Christian if you don't believe Jesus. But, you know, we have to, we have to test ourselves every single day. This, uh, people say, you know, a lot, just follow your heart. And I say that's a dangerous thing. Because uh, uh, the heart is pretty wicked above all things, the Bible says. So I think that we need to follow the Lord, what Scripture says, what the Bible says, okay, and find out if we are truly in the faith. Now, I'm going to give you a, a, a list here to help you uh, in your examination of yourself. And again, examine yourself. If the Bible doesn't say, you know, just look around and, and examine everybody else and test everybody else. No, you first. Examine your own self, your own ugly self. I mean, uh. now the list I'm going to give you is not. It's not. It, it, it's a very. It's a very short list. Okay, but, uh, I'm going <laughs> to. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, praise God. It's, it's great to laugh in the congregation, you know. I remember I used to attend church many years ago, and 
boy, I tell you, man, everybody was so serious and you couldn't laugh, you couldn't do anything, you know? Uh, it seems like if they smile, they had faces made of glass and they would break or something, I don't know. Uh, but it's great that we could, we could laugh in church. It's great. Now, uh, I, I want to talk to you about this, this or, or help you with this list here. You know, you're spiritually lukewarm. Number one, when you don't pray in private. You know, we come here and it's easy to pray with a group. I mean, you, you, could, you could fake it, you know, in a group, right? You raise your hands and do all of the things that we do here. And you could fake all of that. But, but you need to develop a life of prayer, a life that wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you have it in you to speak with God, to communicate with him all the time. And you could do that every You don't have to go into your so-called prayer closet only. I mean, that's good, and, that's, and that has its value, all right, you and God. But anywhere you go, you could have a conversation with our, our Lord. And you should. You should develop that life of prayer that when nobody is seeing you, when nobody is, you know, there's nobody you could impress. I mean, you, you impress the Lord. You come before the Lord who sees you all the time and knows what you do and, and communicate with him. This must be done every day, all the time. We have to develop, uh, develop that life of prayer. It's automatic, almost. Automatic. First thing you do when you wake up, good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Lord. Why not? Is he not a person? Is he not alive? Is he not there with you? Good morning. And you continue from there and praise him in your prayers. So you know you're spiritually lukewarm when you don't pray in private. <laughs> you know you're lukewarm when you don't read the Bible, much less study it. A lot of people, you know, Throughout the year, they tell me, oh, no, I read my Bible, I read my Bible. Here's my Bible, I carry it with me all the time, I read my Bible, I read my Bible. That's fine, that's good. You need to read your Bible. But you know what? Do you study it? <laughs> Do you study? Do you take the time to study? And let me tell you, folks, there is absolutely no excuse you could give the Lord for not taking time to study the Word. No excuse. Because, you know, he has given you and me the same amount of hours every day, 24 hours. We're all, we all have 24 hours in a day. Now, you've got to be a good steward of that, that time. And take the time to study the word. I mean, you don't have to be there two, three hours like, some other people do, and, and that's great if you can. 
But if you can, you know, but study the word of God. Don't just read it. It's not a novel. It's not a, you know, just a little DC book. That's the greatest book in human history. The Bible. That's the word of God. That's a letter from heaven to you and I. Read it. Study it. Enjoy it. I'm telling you, you'll grow. You'll be strong. It's healing for the body. All of that. When we look warm, we don't we don't even read it sometimes. You know you are lukewarm when you always make excuses for not congregating. Always makes excuses. We're, we're, we're good for that, right? Making excuses. I can't go today because of this. I can't go tomorrow because ah, next week I have this happening. Well, you know something? Is God a priority in your life? That's, you know, that's one of the, I think, questions we have to ask ourselves all the time. Is he a priority? What, what's, what's the priority of God, my creator, the one that created me, the one that gives me my family, the one that gives me life every day, the one that provides for me every day, the one that healeth me, hallelujah, every day? What, what's the priority in, in my life? Uh, making excuses. Well, we don't have to. I could, I could praise God, you know, at my house. Well, yes, you can. I mean, that's old. Of course, you can. You could pray. You could read the Bible. You could. What? But, but you see, I'm going to ask you something. Uh, Jesus would congregate wherever he was uh, in his. In his days here, he would congregate every week. He loved it. He loved it. Wherever he was and there was a synagogue, he would go there every week. He loved it. He felt a responsibility towards that. Paul did that. All the apostles, all the disciples, they did that. All the believers would do that. You read in the book of Acts, they were gathered together, uh, you know, in the synagogue once a week and then in homes, you know, during the week and all that. They, they value, they knew the value of congregation, of being together, of the family of God coming together, enjoying each other, uh, encouraging each other, uh, building relationship with each other, uh, praying for each other. That is a need, folks. And I don't care how spiritually strong you are, we need each other. We need each other. So you're spiritually lukewarm if you don't pray in private, if you don't read the Bible or study it, if you always make excuses for congregating. You know you're lukewarm When you listen more to secular music than spiritual music that praises and, and worships God. 
Again, you know, what do you love more, you know? I put music on, my wife is at the house, you know, all day long, most of the time, and she puts, she puts music on, and, and uh, or, or, you know, a TV, uh, a Christian program where they're worshiping God, and, and, you know, I come in sometimes, you know, from work, I come in to the house from wherever I'm at, and I'm, and I'm listening, as soon as I go into the garage, I listen to her worshiping, praising God. And, and I'm, I'm glad. That blesses me. That assures me that that home, that home is full of the presence of the Lord. That he's the one that's taking preeminence there. That's what spiritual Christian music will do. I mean, good music, Okay. Because there's stuff out there that should be thrown out, dropped in the trash can or something. But, but there is real praise and worship uh, songs, music that really elevate your spirit, that really praises him and worships him. To praise the Lord to me, means to give him thanks for what he does for us, what he gives us. When you worship him, you're giving him thanks and recognition for who he is, for who he is. Husbands, here, would you like for your wives to just love you for what you give them? Or for who you are. Hmm? Well, God wants that too. God wants us to come to him and worship and thank him and recognize him every day for who he is. Know before whom you have come. Who God is. That's one of the reasons he says, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, not my hand, to seek my face, recognize me who, for who I am, come and have a conversation with me, look in the eyes of the Lord and communicate. You listen more to secular music. And I'm not saying that all secular music is bad, okay? I listen to some secular music, especially instrumentals. I love instrumentals. But when your interest is more in secular music to worship, I mean, you don't have to actually say I worship of you, but... but but actually, you're, you're, you're thanking and worshiping those people, those who sing it, those who compose it, and what have you. You're lukewarm. When you are more excited 
about sports and other programs on TV than biblical messages. Again, I like sports. I, I'm a sports fan. Uh, unfortunately, this, this past year, I kind of put that aside because of everything going on and all of the the mindset that all these sports teams are having. And, uh, you know, I, I just put all of that aside. But sports in itself is not a bad thing. It's good. There are other TV programs that I like, I like also. I mean, I think there's like maybe five programs on TV that are not, you know, Christian programs and are not believe, that, that, I, that I enjoy. But when your interest is more in those kind of programs than seeking God and listening to his word, and mind you, I, I get it, you know, there, there are some Christian programs that are worthless, to be honest with you, but there are good ones. And we need to be soaking in the word all, as much as we can. Again, we're living in rough times. We are living in times that, let me tell you, I don't believe we're going to go back to the good old days. We're living in, in, in times that the word prophesied of. Uh, and we need to be strong. We need to be well-nurtured, spiritually speaking, so that we can withstand the onslaught of the devil that coming against us. If you're lukewarm, you're not going to be able to handle it. So you're more excited about sports or other programs on TV than biblical messages. You're lukewarm when you... <laughs> here we go. When your girlfriend or boyfriend are not believers. That's dangerous, folks. There have been exceptions, but not the rule. The rule is you make sure that they're a believer too. But you're going to have problems. You will have problems. Let me tell you, you will have problems. Let me tell you, any time that we do things out of God's established order, sooner or later, we will have problems. We're going to hit a brick wall. Let me say that again. Any time you and I do anything, against God's established order, we will, will have problems. And today, you know, and I know, you know, I mean, you probably would have desired for me to come and just tell you what you want to hear to show you things that will make you feel good, but I'm sorry, you know, we, we need to get back to basics. 
We need to get back to the nitty-gritty. We need to get back to being um, believers, I mean, really disciples of Christ. And we have missed it. Your girlfriend or boyfriend are not believers. You're lukewarm. You're lukewarm when your dearest friends are not believers. All my best buddies are not believers. And you're hanging out with non-believers all the time. We need to make friends with people. We need to engage with them because how else are we going to be a light to them? How else are we going to share Christ with them? We need to engage with them, but we don't have to make them our hangout. Hang out with believers. Hang out with people that are like-minded. Yesterday, the wife and I went out with a couple more couples from here from the church. We went out to eat in the woodlands, Fogo de Chao. Has anybody been there? Fogo de Chao? Mamma mia, roto mi gondolieri. That's so good. That is so good. I think we each ate about two pounds of beef or something. I don't know. But wow, that, that, is, that is good. And, we, and you know, we hung out and we had a great time. We had a great time. You know, there, there actually are people that think that, you know, the Christian life is a boring life. Not to me it isn't. Not to me, not for me. I, I have fun, 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 fun. And we laughed yesterday, and we had, you know, we talked, we got serious a little bit, and, and we really got serious in eating. Uh, that was very serious, but uh, it, we had a great time yesterday, hanging out with my fellow believers. You're lukewarm when you watch shows where sin shows rampantly, and it doesn't even bother you, it doesn't phase you. Uh, somebody, somebody said once, and I'm not okay. I'm not, I'm not judging or condemning anybody, what have you. But somebody said that you want to watch all the sins that could, that you could possibly fit into one hour. Watch a soap opera. But even on Facebook now, you know, sin has gotten. Immorality has gotten so rampant that you go into Facebook now and and all of a sudden there's something that's sexually, you know, I mean, bad. Good Lord, what is this? I mean, they don't show everything there, but I mean, it's implicit. All right? And, and, and it's everywhere. Uh, my goodness. And then you rather watch shows that where sin is rampant and doesn't even phase you. It doesn't bother you. You're lukewarm. You're lukewarm when you sin and it doesn't hurt. And then you try to cover it up with saying, Oh, I, well, it's, I made an error. We all make errors. Let me call it what it is. You sin. And you sin, and, and, and it doesn't hurt. It doesn't bother you at all. You're lukewarm. 
You see, when, when you are on fire for the Lord, when you are really, uh, uh, you know, uh, following Christ and you desire him in your life and you desire his leading, and the Holy Spirit, it will immediately tell you that you're doing wrong. You're going to feel it. And you're going to be, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have a feeling of, even of guilt. And what you do, and you're supposed to do, is take it to Christ. Confess your sin. And he is ready to forgive you of your sin and clean you of all unrighteousness. Ain't God good? Just go to him. But sincerely, okay? One of the first things that I learned as a baby Christian, I used to smoke like a chimney, okay? I used to smoke, for anybody that smoked, or smokes now, uh, I, I used to smoke three packs of cigarettes a day. That was when I met my wife. I was in the Army. I met my wife, and uh, I used to smoke three packs of cigarettes a day. I mean, that was one after the other. And, of course, back then, you know, you'd get them in the, uh, uh, you know, on base, and it was so cheap. you get the whole carton of cigarettes. And uh, I tried to quit two times. I couldn't do it. I mean, you guys... You know, you, you, if you, was, you smoke, you know how we used to do? We kind of, I'm going to quit. You know, take two cigarettes out and put them away and throw the rest of the box. Yeah, well, two cigarettes are there for you, you to, you know, pick up any time. I tried to quit that two, three times. I couldn't do it. One day, one Saturday morning, I, uh, we were at uh, church uh, for prayer. And I went off to a corner all by myself. And I asked the Lord to help me with that. And I remember, I think I was 21, I remember crying, I mean, crying like I hadn't cried when I, since I was a kid. That was a Saturday morning. Sunday morning, I had to go to work. I used to work in the canal zone, customs in the canal zone. And uh, I went to work in, in the morning. My co-worker, he smoked probably worse than, than me. And I'm sitting there, and he's smoking. And that smoke is coming towards me and hitting me. And at one point, I kind of, I looked over there. And I yelled, hallelujah. He got scared. He didn't know what was happening. I mean, I yelled right there at the top of my lungs. Why? Because I didn't need a cigarette. From night to day, from one day to the next, the Lord delivered me. And you know what I learned? I learned that God is not impressed why what you say. Not only by what you say. Uh -uh. He wants to come in here. He looks in and says, see if you're sincere. 
If what you're saying comes from the heart, if you really mean it, talk is cheap. And he healed me. He delivered me from that from one day to the next. And never again have I touched a cigarette. That was in 1969. Praise God. God of miracles. He's a God of miracles. And he still works today. He still works his miracles today. Believe it. Believe him. Hallelujah. But you're lukewarm if when you sin, hey, you don't feel anything. Be careful. You're lukewarm when you have separated yourself from your brothers in Christ, from your brothers and sisters in Christ, from the family of God. You don't want to be with them. You separate yourself. Uh, That's not good. It's not good because, again, you know, you need, we need each other. We're created to be social beings. We're not created to be, you know, monks in a mountain somewhere or what have you. We're created to, to, to come together, be together, relate. Jesus gave us that example. Where was he every single day? He was out there with the people, relating with them, having fun with them, laughing with them, teaching them, going to weddings. Some, some, some believers today, you know, they think they're hermits. They, they, they go into their little cave, and that's it. Just them and the family. Let me tell you, that's great. Your first ministry is your family. If you have a family there, that's your first ministry, but that, that's not your only ministry. You have to relate with others. So you're lukewarm if you separate yourself from your brothers in Christ. So I'll go over this. You're lukewarm when you don't pray in private, when you don't read the Bible or study it. You always make excuses for not congregating. You listen to more secular music than Christian. You are more excited about sports and other programs on TV than biblical messages. Your girlfriend, boyfriend is not a believer. Your dearest friends are not believers. You watch shows where sin is rampant and it doesn't even bother you. When you sin, you don't hurt. It doesn't hurt you. And you have separated yourself from your family in Christ. No wonder Jesus said in Revelation 3, 15 and 16, I know everything you do. I know everything you do. That you are neither hot nor cold. How I wish you were one or the other. But since you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. When you want to drink some water, 
you normally don't warm it up in the microwave first and then drink it, right? I mean, I, personally, I don't like it much. It, they tell me that it's uh, good for you. Uh, but hardly anybody does that. Because you are lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. You taste bad. You're like warm water. Especially in the summer. Can you imagine? Ooh. So folks, examine yourselves. Let's examine ourselves. Let's test ourselves to see where we're really at with the Lord. To see if we are really... Folks, and let me tell you. There are so many free resources out there today. Go into the internet and you you can find so much there, just about everything you need to really study the word of God. There's no excuse. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might so you could stand, so you could stand before the attacks of the enemy. And Paul says, and when you've done all to stand, keep standing. Keep standing. But if you are lukewarm, anything will come against you and you will fail. You will fold. God doesn't want a lukewarm church. He's not coming back for a lukewarm church. He's coming back for a church that's on fire for him. Hallelujah. That is hot for him. Praise God. God, okay? Like like hot, my wife likes hot soup. I mean, hot. Man, hot that it'll peel her tongue, you know, almost. I mean, that, wow. I can't drink soup like that. Mm-mm. But uh, God wants people that are on fire for him. People that are really, truly his disciples. 